were the two sisters. Her mother was gentle, beautiful, and kind. She was good, too, for on every day in Lent she went to church barefooted, dressed in a gown of hair cloth, where she selected the poorest people that she might wash and kiss their feet. She wanted her children to be good and happy, but most of all good, as she was herself. As for Aunt Christina, she was far from beautiful and her black robes had frightened Edith when she was very young. Aunt Christina's sharp, cold eyes saw every fault and no virtue. Her knees were hard, it was said, because she had spent so many hours on them praying, and this was considered saintliness of the highest order. Aunt Christina was so busy being good that she had no time to be kind. She thought all those who were not dedicated to the convent life were sinners. Even her sister Margaret, mother of Edith, had lived in what Christina called a worldly manner, bearing many children. No, it would not be a nunnery for Edith if she could help it. She would beg her father to spare her that. She hoped to marry as romantically as her mother had. She'd heard the story many times. Edith's mother was Margaret Atheling, the daughter of Edward, who had been the son of Edmund Ironside, Her grandmother had been the daughter of Emperor Henry II of Germany. When Edward the Confessor knew that his reign could not last much longer, he had sent for Margaret's father Edward, as was presumed with the object of making him his successor. Edward had died before the meeting could take place, but left his son Edgar, as well as two daughters, Margaret and Christina. Then William came and conquered England, and because of Edgar's clear claim to the throne, the conqueror had kept him under surveillance. He treated him well, but Edgar grew to suspect his motives and thought it an excellent idea to take his sisters to Hungary, where his mother's relatives would welcome him. He had set sail from England, but ran into a storm, and his ship had been thrown up on the Scottish coast. There was nothing to be done but to ask for asylum, which the royal athelings did. Malcolm Canmore, the King of Scotland, agreed to give them hospitality while they made their plans. Malcolm, young and comely, had recently come to the throne by driving out the usurper Macbeth, and was a romantic as well as a handsome figure. He entertained the fugitives in his castle, and within a few days had fallen in love with Margaret, and asked Edgar for his sister's hand in marriage. What great good fortune! The dowerless young woman who had been on her way to Hungary to ask for asylum was being asked to share the crown of Scotland. Her brother Edgar had expressed his pleasure. As for Margaret, she was no less pleased, and very soon after her arrival in Scotland, the marriage was solemnised, and the spot where she had landed was forever after known as Queen's Ferry. It was a happy marriage, and very fruitful, She soon presented her husband with a fine son, who was named Edward after her father, and this child was followed by another son, who became Edgar after her brother. Then Edith, Mary, and the little ones followed. Her brother Edgar stayed at the Scottish court, while her sister Christina entered a convent and became its abbess. So it had been a happy storm which had driven their ship into the Firth of Forth, Why could they not remain happy, wondered Edith. But how foolish to think that time could stand still.
Uncle Edgar talked constantly of the Norman usurpation, and dreamed of the day when he might regain the kingdom. It had been useless while William the Great Conqueror lived, but it was five years since he had died, and during those five years Edgar had begun to hope again. There was much talk about Rufus, who was not the man his father had been. William I had been a harsh ruler, but people had respected him. They realised that what he had done had been for the good of the country. His great selfishness had been his love of the hunt, and people had been turned from their homes to make forests where wild beasts could roam. The penalties for killing wild animals had been very cruel, but because of the manner in which the country had prospered and law and order had been brought in, William was accepted. Rufus would never be. He was different from his father by all accounts. William I had had great dignity.